Welcome to Series 2 of Finding Home, a podcast series about the history of the Irish in Cleveland. This podcast is presented by the Irish American Archive Society of Cleveland, Ohio. Series 2 features interviews of Clevelanders talking about an array of topics relating to the history of the Irish in our city. Please excuse any variation in audio quality as these interviews have been conducted over the phone and over Zoom. Support for Series 2 of Finding Home comes from the Michael Talty and Helen Talty Charitable Trust. Thanks so much for listening, and please enjoy. Hello, everyone. It's Margaret Lynch, Executive Director of the Irish American Archives Society, welcoming you to our podcast series, Finding Home. Today we have with us Colleen Corgan Day, who is the champion, main champion for the Ackle Cleveland Twinning Initiative. We're going to hear from her more about what this is, but first we'd like to welcome her to the podcast. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you, Margaret. It is Colleen Corrigan Day here, and I am real excited for this opportunity to uh, talk to you and our listeners about the Ackle Cleveland Twinning. Right, something you've been passionate about for a long time, and the basis of it is that there's a strong connection between Ackle Island on the very west coast of Ireland in County Mayo and Cleveland, Ohio. I've been doing research that substantiates a definite influx of immigration in the 1860s and then in the 1880s and then on into the 20th century to today. We think that it may go back further. Uh, It's a little bit elusive so far. We don't know that we have identified yet that first Ackle person in Cleveland, but long connections and long established. We'd love to hear from you, Colleen, about how the idea for an Ackle Cleveland Twinning Initiative might have arisen. Great, definitely. The history of the two communities is long and rich, and the link between Ackle Island, County Mayo, and Cleveland County, Cuyahoga, and Ohio uh, extends way back. The documents that document evidence of immigration from Ackle to Cleveland was in progress by definitely the 1880s. Between 1880 and the 1920s, immigration on an organized basis was very well established. The pattern continued into the 1950s and 60s uh, with a well-developed network for carrying and connecting Ackle immigrants here in the Cleveland area. But that uh, well-directed element or connection was private and informal, a connection between family members and neighbors and people from home, as it were. At some point, the idea of having a more formal connection came about. Yes, definitely. So, Margaret, I am a granddaughter of Ireland. Three of my grandparents were individuals directly from that West Coast, Ackle Island, and the Quran Peninsula, they came to Cleveland between the years of 1914 and 1921 because they knew people here. There was letters and dialogues going back and forth, and they knew that there were good jobs and good communities and good churches that were here. So that's why my grandparents came. So over the years and the decades, that kind of, again, like you said, unstructured connection. The more formal structure came about by a local person, Stephen Moore, I'm going to talk about. But when the U.S. Ambassador Gene Kennedy Smith visited Ackle Island and suggested that the people there establish a sister city relationship with Cleveland, 
which could help stimulate the economy, encourage student exchanges, and international understanding. At that time, a councilman, a Cleveland councilman by the name of Pat O'Malley, who had strong roots and family in ACL, and also the Mayo County Council person, Frank Chambers, who had family members living in Cleveland, started working on that proposal. On a local level with Mr. Steve Malloy, who, which we'll talk about in a little bit, really became the first champion helping to work with our elected officials to make this happen. It was also ironic that Shen Fein, the leader, Jerry Adams, who's been to Cleveland many, many times, he and his son were visiting Ackle back in the uh, 90s and said, where are all the people here? This is such a great place and a beautiful area to live. And Jerry Adams said, they've all gone to Cleveland, which, uh, you know, there's so many connections uh, and people who know each other are related to each other if you're over on that small island. And those connections were well-known enough for Jerry Adams to know about them, who's not from the Echo area at all. And we've heard, right. uh, I'm sure you've heard, people that you know uh, who were born in Echo talk about how whole villages um, were sort of decimated sometimes by immigration. And it kept on going through the 1950s, etc. So the idea of a more formal or structured relationship was kind of in the air, but it took a lot of specific uh, particular focused effort in Cleveland. And who took the lead in pushing that forward? That's right. So talking about um, in 1954, we did get a wonderful immigrant from Ackle, Mr. Steve Malloy, came over and made his home in Cleveland. And Steve began volunteering with the Westside Irish American Club. He was president for many, many terms. He also was, uh, his career was with the Laborers Local 310, and he was very involved with many things here in the Cleveland Irish community, but also through those years of the late 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, he was doing fundraising and different type of things to help buy an ambulance in Ackle, to help to fund a church in Ackle, to help to fund different events over there. So Steve when the council people on the Cleveland side and the County Mayo side said, hey, let's formalize this. It was Steve Malloy that took that gauntlet up and started to connect those dots and get that paperwork going. And then with, as luck would have it, Cleveland had their first woman mayor, Jane Campbell, the first woman mayor of Cleveland. And she happened to be Irish. Now, not exactly from Mayo, but had a love for all things Irish. But along with many of the elected council people in Cleveland, as well as the county council people, made that happen. And in 2003, in, in the, at the turn of the, uh, the new century, 2003, it finally officially happened when these two communities um, with such strong ties. And again, just for our listeners to know, with over around 800,000 people in our region that say, hey, yes, I have Irish roots. 200,000 of those people are specifically from this West Coast County Mayo Ackle area. Mm. So quite, quite, when we say a strong connection, we, we mean it, right? <laughs> and yes. two of my grandparents also have those Ackle roots as well. And two others in the West in Mayo, but not in Ackle. So yes. um, Steve Malloy starts working on our end. Um, we've got some folks interested on the other end. You've already mentioned the Mayo County Council, but on Ackle Island, there was also some 
some folks who had particular roles in economic development who started becoming involved. Can you tell us a little bit about those sort of, I don't know if they're governmental agencies, but quasi-governmental agencies that helped pick up the ball too on that side? Oh, yes. I mean, without the Apple Development Corporation and Terrence Dever and his board members, who included Dr. Sweeney, Kenny Deary, Kate O'Malley, whose father is directly from Cleveland, without the CFAA, which is the Ackle Development Corporation, which is a nonprofit located specifically in Ackle, whose role was not only about economic development, they were also interested in tourism and historic, historical type growth. But Steve Malloy, um, that was right in his near his hometown of Keel, where the Ackle Development Corp headquarters are. And with Terrence Dever, his political connections with County Mayo and with that region really helped this to happen. And before we go on to the actual details of this, um, if anybody uh, heard Colleen say the initials, they don't seem to translate to Ackle Development Corporation. It's CFAA, I believe, but it's yeah. uh, the words are in Irish. And the translation is that it translates into the kind of development corp that we have in neighborhoods here in Cleveland. There's an ACL-specific local development corp, but the initials don't correspond to, to those words because it corresponds to words in Irish. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, thank you. That is uh, difficult. There are several <laughs> Irish organizations that I'm not going to attempt because my Gaelic is not too too great. <laughs> and me neither. So we're not gonna we're right. not gonna try, but we know what they no. are, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. But thank you for um explaining that. And uh so then in two thousand and three, a date was set of August of two thousand and three and the official Cleveland delegation of the Apple twinning committee delegation would go over and sign a formal agreement. And then in October of 2003, the Ackle and West Coast Mayo contingent would be coming over to Cleveland. So Steve Malloy, with all his hard work and time and efforts, and Mayor Jane Campbell and several other Clevelanders, Kevin Barry, uh, went over and um, a local local policeman accompanying as a sort of bodyguard. He took photographs of many of the events, and that's why we're mentioning him by name, because he has donated his photographs as a record of the, of the visit there. So when the group went over there, they were, you know, the red carpet, green carpet was rolled out, if you want to say, and Ackle Home, Away From Home, opened its doors and showed its best, you know, its best face to the group, but also one of the biggest uh, you know, moving things was seeing things like the deserted village and areas that these were all families here, but now all these families have come over to our area. And another, you know, big moving part of that is there is a church right in the, uh, on the island. And that church has a plaque that it says in grateful appreciation of all the donors at home and abroad to the resurrection of this church from 1964 to 1965, especially our exiles in Cleveland. And that was very significant donations uh, went over to help to, to build a church there. So they saw a lot of those memories and all that. And then the formal paperwork was signed on their end and formalized. 
and there is a plaque, a rock in the middle of uh, right over when you cross the bridge that connects Ackle Island to County Mayo. To the mainland, right? To the mainland, to the mainland. Mm -hmm. So that is there and it's been there. And I just can't even believe how it's been well over 2003, you know, 20 years. It's almost 20 years. years. Yeah, coming up. You'll be planning a 20th anniversary soon. Yes. And and we have a similar commemorative object in Cleveland. And where is that located, Kelly? Yes. So then in October of 2003, the Irish contingent of not only the Ackle Development Corporation, some county Mayo uh, council people, and some individuals who had connections here to our area, our family members, came over to formalize. And the rock with the assistance of Cuyahoga County, because the property was owned by Cuyahoga County, our good friend, John Myers, who is uh, very connected with the Irish community and um, his wife, Mary Eileen Kilbane. They, um, John found this location and it is right on the Cuyahoga uh, River down there by the Famine Irish Memorial. And across the street from Flatiron Cafe and the Famine Memorial, in case you haven't seen it, is a huge um, Celtic cross, which was carved by stone carver Eamon Darcy. And off to the side of the famine memorial is a rock with an inscription commemorating the Ackle Cleveland Twinning Initiative. And Colleen, the last time I was down there, the bushes had actually been cut away and you could actually see it. Sometimes the bushes were sort of threatening to overwhelm the rock, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another partner and collaboration, the Cleveland Metro Parks has now taken over along the river and is taking care of that area. So the rock is visible, it's able to be seen and enjoyed by everybody and to commemorate uh, the significance of the individuals who traveled and immigrated from Ackle and County Mayo. So um, when the Ackle delegation first came to Cleveland in 2003, I think you set up kind of a prototype for what might happen when all these visitors came, because pretty soon you were developing an annual visit, uh, but we'll hear more about that. But first, tell us about the prototype. What kinds of things did you do, or how did we roll out the red carpet to the ACL visitors? Sure, and Margaret, I had the opportunity, you know, things happen in life. My uh, background, after I um, graduated from Kent State University, um, I grew up here on the west side of Cleveland, and I started in travel and tourism, and I was working for the Convention of Visitors Bureau. So my experience and connections with showing off Cleveland and our region was pretty strong. So we had, in 2003, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum. The established Cleveland Clinic is number one in heart surgery and, and science and technology. The world-renowned Cleveland Orchestra, you know, our our beautiful metro parks and uh, the green area, our, our lake and Lake Erie. And then besides all the different Irish facilities to show off from our great social entertainment places, pubs and restaurants, to our wonderful Irish clubs, east side and west side, um, that we had to show off. So the, the guests were taken on a whirlwind three to four day tour of everything from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to the Cleveland Clinic and meeting with world-renowned doctors, uh, pharmaceutical companies, and then also, you know, our major industries that have connections on the West Coast of Ireland. And if that's from Steris Corporation to Eaton Corporation to Sherwin-Williams 
to uh, lots of different corporate connections. We tried to, to get as many people in the room as possible. And then going from there, in which I'd like to step up how the Cleveland Mayo Society really became right, because a big you, part. Yeah, of- yeah. You start out on a um, small basis creating a prototype for, as you say, rolling out the carpet for visitors from the west of Ireland to come here. But then you have the problem of how to sustain it. So you just started to mention the Mayo Society. That I think that's part of the story of how you were able to maintain and sort of institutionalize these connections. Definitely. So the Mayo Society of Greater Cleveland, their president, Jerry Quinn. Jerry Quinn and I met in 2004. So just right after that Mayo, our Apple twinning. And then in 2005, got a more formal connection with him by being a part of the Queen Irish radio show. And gosh, the Mayo Society had been around for a couple of years, a couple of years. And I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly there, but the Mayo Society, then Jerry and I became a, a board member with that, said, you know what, we're going to do an annual ball. And not only is this ball, the green and red ball here is going to be a social event and the social events of the, the, the season or the year, but it's going to be an event that's going to enrich these pillars that we had thought about with the ACL twinning, but also to continue this West Coast, this Mayo twinning. And those were business, economics, business, education, and tourism. So Jerry Quinn and his efforts with the Mayo Society, and he had some connections with the New York Mayo Society. We were lucky enough, one of the first Mayo balls to have Mr. Edna Kenny, when he was an elected official, come in. And he said, if I'm ever president Taoiseach of Ireland, I'll be back. And so the first Mayo Ball went off and it was a great success. The Ackle Development Corp came in. Uh, We continued with meetings and trying to connect them with educational facilities from John Carroll to our Jesuit high schools that were traveling into Ireland, but also some of the business. But then going forward with the Mayo Society, that gentleman and uh, Kenny, who was from Mayo, did become the Taoiseach and came back as the Taoiseach. And really, that was building to one of our best, best years uh, with the Mayo Society. And it has just grown tremendously from the level of the businesses that have come in, um, entrepreneurs that have come in. We've brought student groups in and also educational uh, exchanges that we've had. But the Mayo Ball every year celebrates a person, a Mayo person or an Irish person that has helped to continue the tradition. And that first Mayo person honored was Steve Malloy. Right, right. For his work Mm -hmm. in, in, well, many things that he's done in the community in terms of the Westside Irish American Club. But Ackle Twinning Initiative would have been right up there with the things that he's accomplished, also supporting the peace process in Northern Ireland and and many things. But important point, I think, here is that in the Mayo Society, you found a group that had similar goals, and you found that you could achieve Mayo-Eckle-Cleveland twinning goals while also achieving these broader Mayo goals of making these connections. And pretty soon there came about, in fact, the idea of making a, a formal connection between County Mayo and Cuyahoga County as well, 
which would not have come about without all the connections made to the Mayo Society. Uh, so what, what happened then is that you begin to be able to institutionalize this and every year be able to bring over people. So well, tell us a little bit about what happens in a typical year. We don't just have a ball. The ball is the sort of public-facing part of it, but there's a whole lot that goes on in terms of bringing guests over from Ireland and doing this work of making these connections. So give us some examples of the kinds of things that would be going on, kinds of visitors that are coming over as part of the delegation and the work that would be happening in Cleveland. So it definitely has evolved, and it evolved on both the Apple and Mayo side and the Cleveland side, and because of individuals, because of business, and because of, you know, what's going on in the global world. On the Ackland County Mayo side, the Ackland Development Corp started working really closely with the Mayo County Council, but also with a nonprofit organization called the uh, Gale Talk, and it's in the whole western region of all areas of Ireland that speak Irish. And that nonprofit was helping grow businesses in these rural areas. So the group started to develop people with a lot more interest about their local products they were trying to sell. If it was, for example, there was a sea salt company, there was a distillery and brewing companies, there were some small businesses that were doing technology and online type gaming and technology. And then there was also a company that was using seaweed from local seaweed to make um, energy drinks and, and uh, different healthy, healthful drinks. So that was a group of entrepreneurial type small businesses that came in. We've also worked with some business people. Right. So these are people that are coming as part of a delegation every year, representatives from the Ackle Development Corp. Then you start adding representatives from county council. Then you start adding representatives from the Gale Talked uh, Development Group, and they start helping individual business people to come over with them as well. So you have a fairly large group of people, and and you kind of follow the prototype you developed with the first group in terms of showing them Cleveland, etc. But when more entrepreneurs or startup people started coming over, how did you evolve to help and serve them and connect them? So another um, a great connection on the Cleveland side, then, we have so many amazing business people, and the, many of these business individuals have been our male people of the year. So each time we had a significant male person of the year, it was Jack Kale, who invented the, the you know, duct tape company. He was able to you know, connect with these individuals that came in and talk about his business. We took a tour of his business, Highland Software which is technology. We had the group out at Highland and met with Highland Technology and their, um, their leadership there. And then when Mr. Ed Crawford, who was just our recent U.S. ambassador to Ireland, an entrepreneur himself, a phenomenal you know, example of someone that has done amazing things. Mr. Crawford, the U.S. ambassador, met with these individuals in his home here in our Cleveland area and then when he was over in Dublin, was able to continue those relationships. So formalizing that to a different level in 2019, before the past two years of not having anything, we had a business consortium. So the evolution of having the visitors coming in 
to just have a shotgun of, oh, this is what Cleveland does and this is what can happen, to really trying to connect the right people to people and relationships and businesses to each other. That's where we're trying to go and trying to get better at. And so the business consortium not only connected our Irish community and our greater Cleveland community, and we had guests in from Chicago who flew in from Chicago because we were having the speakers here and the guests here. But we had the British British Chamber of Commerce here in Cleveland talk because Brexit was the hot issue and the topic of the time, not only for our Irish guests, but also for our uh, United States guests who had international interests. Right. If I remember correctly, at least it was a half day kind of event with different speakers yeah. and, and small group discussions and things like that. So from sort of private conversations to a more organized, uh, large scale event like that, you've really grown, but you haven't stopped connecting. You try to connect. I think you tried to connect the sea salt people with particular vendors yeah. here in Cleveland. Right. Just to talk about that, again, here in Cleveland, we have Heinen's Grocery Store, which is locally owned, fabulous grocery store. We had a sea salt company as well as we had a salmon distributor with um, fresh salmon who already had ties into the New England area in the United States, but trying to get that, you know, Midwest and Cleveland connection. And just as we talk about, again, my history in tourism, but with our region and also the West Coast of Ireland, we're so similar because we're areas that it's not always the first to think about. And Mayo, they were trying to position themselves as let us be the landing pad to Europe for your business, for your connections. And Cleveland, our thought process, Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, let us be your landing pad to the Midwest and to the rest of the United States um, with our locations. And you don't have to worry about the busyness, the crazy airports and all of that. And just like Ackle and Mayo, they have Knox Airport. Again, doesn't have every flight that you want, but it's a simple, you're right in town when you need to get off the plane. That's the same thing with Cleveland. Yeah. So you're found some common ground there, um, similar scrappy underdog areas trying to connect with yeah. each other. So you made a lot of progress over the years on connecting in terms of businesses, which was one of the original pillars that you defined that you wanted to sort of focus on. Education was another one of those pillars. How has education been part of this connection that you're describing? Education, I, I really feel like we've made maybe the biggest inroads or the biggest return on investment that we've done here. So we developed a relationship, gosh, one of the first years, 04, 05, 06, we had the delegation and the uh, Apple Development Corporation. We connected them directly with Cleveland State University, with Case University, Case Western Reserve, John Carroll, and with St. Ignatius and our Jesuit school here. And, and why we did that was because many of these schools were going on international trips with trips. students and they were going to Ireland, but they weren't necessarily going to the West coast of Ireland. So right now in today, Case Western Reserve has a group of nurses going to County Mayo to do, and to the Aran Islands to do research coming up this April. And that's Dr. Mary Quinn. She just confirmed that they are going over this coming May of 2022 who happens then, to be related to, she's Irish-born, related to Steve Malloy, but ended up in Cleveland, not not through Steve, yeah. but through her connections with the Cleveland Clinic and a, an exchange program, a nursing exchange program. So the circles are still at work here. Yeah. Right. Yeah, still at work. 
And then Cleveland State University, their writing um, and English department has taken groups over. And we did get them to go into County Mayo because of connecting with the Ackle Development Corporation. And then as well as John Carroll University, the professor, and I believe it was an English professor as well, took a group over. And so that was on the higher education level. Now on the high school level, a very sophisticated program through St. Ignatius and the Jesuit School of Walsh Jesuit and Jim Brennan, who's a good friend of ours. Jim Brennan was a leader. Peter Corgan, a theology teacher there, my cousin, was over there. And then Dan Berdeska. Dan was from John Carroll, but now is the head of theology at Walsh Jesuit. But they have a very intense program for their students, and it's a summer program. And it's two and a half to three weeks long, but the students do intense training about the troubles and about the issues in Northern Ireland. So they specifically are there for that, you know, intense two, two and a half week kind of program. And they were then taking their students into Dublin, the Republic of Ireland. Well, after our meetings here in Cleveland, we said, you've got to go to Mayo. You've got to go to the real Ireland. You've got to show these students this deep history and tradition with our peoples and the immigration, but also have them enjoy surfing and hiking and the beauty of the West Coast, the wild Atlantic way. Right. I, this, all these things were sort of coming together synergistically because it was right yeah. around the same time that Ireland itself began to promote its West Coast and use this phrase, this sort of branding phrase, if you will, the Wild Atlantic Way, and start to develop a sporting approach to tourism. Yeah, so Colleen, you have a background in tourism, and you recognized the potential there in the Wild Atlantic Way branding and how it could sort of draw these student groups in. So were you successful at getting St. Ignatius to go <laughs> go west? Yes, they, they went west and they loved it. And I'll tell you, there was absolutely no looking back after that first trip and those students experienced what they did. And again, the hospitality that the Ackle Development Corporation and that the colleagues and friends and relationships we had, those students felt at home and felt, you know, just the love and enrichment. I had the opportunity to go I was go just going to say, you went with them to welcome them, right? I mean, you were, you I went over them there, yeah. To meet the first group. And again, the host, who is a board member with the Echo Development, but Kenny Deary has a bed and breakfast. And he had a kind of educational dinner. It was called a famine dinner. And we know there wasn't food during the famine, but he had a very traditional type of food that would have been eaten by the people on the West Coast from the um, seafood and fish dishes to potato and, and all that, but simple, but just saying this was the type of food that would have been very normal and local around that time, not during the um, when there was so desperate there was no food, but the students, and we also had an Irish speaking lesson, and we also had several of the elected county council people and officials come. One of the women who's been here many times, a senator from, from Ireland, she was in from Dublin because she's from, from that area. Anyway, it was, it was really significant. So the students just loved it and learned a lot and made a lot of connections. But from that first trip, 
then Cleveland and the Mayo Society, we took on a challenge to bring over ACL students to our Mayo Ball one year. And that was one of the most significant things we did. And that was along with when the Taoiseach, Mr. Edna Kenny, we had the president of Ireland here at our event. And then in recent years with the U.S. ambassador, Ed Crawford, being connected, it has just really made all of our organizations richer. Very high level. So you brought, were able to bring a group from ACL to Cleveland. Now they didn't all go to the same school because you didn't have that same school connection, but you were able to rely on your contacts there in ACL to help you assemble a group and do some fundraising to help get them over here. And you gave the students the, the welcoming welcome carpet here, right? That's right. So the group of students from Ireland, they don't have the exact type of private, you know, high schools or, or where the group was all in one place. These were students from the Ackle and Mayo area, and most of them had connections to Cleveland. For example, there was one young lady, Ashling McNamara, who had an aunt. Catherine Walsh that was here and her cousins that were here um, in the Cleveland area. And there was also another student. His name was McNamara as well, but he had been over with the pipe, uh, the pipe and drum band and been at the Irish festival in the summer, John O'Brien's Irish festival. And that student has been back. He's an adult now playing music because he's a musician. So those students had connections here, but they didn't necessarily have to have connections, but all of them knew about Cleveland. And uh, we took them to Cedar Point, which is the one of the best amusement parks in the world. We took them to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, we showed them St. Coleman's Church. We went on a bike ride, a bike ride through Irish Town Bend and near Whiskey Island and the Flats and St. Ignatius and all those areas, St. Coleman's, all those areas where our Irish lived and worked. Mm -hmm. I know that you always try to weave in a lot of history into these visits, both for the students and for the business people, because you often invite me and others yes. to come and talk about particular locations and the history of them in Cleveland. So you've got students, you're bringing uh, students over to ACL, students from ACL are coming here. You also start expanding the number, the, the students who are going um, from Cleveland to ACL because the trip originally had been planned through the Jesuit schools, but you were working at the time at Holy Name High School, and you were able to bring an expanded program to Holy Name High School that they had never had before. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I was at Holy Name High School doing alumni relations and fundraising, and there was a, uh, a void in our international travel at that time. Um, Holy Name's always had an Irish kind of connection, but there was a big interest with some students to go to the West Coast of Ireland and experience this. So when the group from the ACL Development Corporation and the County Mayo people were here, we brought them into the school and had them meet our parents and meet our students. And they said, look, this is going to be a great trip. We'll, we'll do this. So we brought the students over and we spent a few days in Northern Ireland and then a few days on the West Coast, and we, we did a very successful 10-day trip with those students, and they were able to experience it. So it was really a joy for me to uh, be able to bring my community, my students, and what you know I was involved with to share in that experience. And this is more the Mayo Society than specifically the ACL Cleveland Twinning Initiative, but the Mayo Society began 
dedicating some of its fundraising to sponsoring students at the college level who want to study abroad in Ireland. And can you tell us a little bit more about that program? So the Mayo Society of Greater Cleveland, our annual ball and banquet, was always a fundraiser. And and through the years, we have helped the Cleveland Irish Cultural Garden, the Irish Garden specifically. We also assisted with a war memorial in Castle Bar um, that was dedicated to individuals that had served in uh, various wars. And then this relationship, because of the students and because of all of this, John Carroll said, hey, we're interested in funding something um, that could send people to the West Coast of Ireland. And through our relationships with the West Coast and Jerry Quinn's brother was a board member with NUI Galway, National University of Ireland Galway, which County Mayo doesn't have its own university, but most Mayo people go to um, the Galway National University of Ireland. So it was sort of a natural connection. We had some inroads and at John Carroll, Jean Colloran, Jean was a provost who was acting president. She was a champion for this to happen with her institution when she was at John Carroll and then Tom Joyce and uh, Jerry Quinn's brother were a big, strong part of um, connecting the two universities. So that's gone really well. We've had the scholarship going. Two students per semester uh, have been going over, I would say it's almost eight to 10 years. So your second pillar of education has been strengthening and strengthening. And what about the third pillar of tourism? I mean, it's woven into everything that you've been talking about, and it's a big part of your own background. What are you thinking about with that? What have you been able to accomplish? What are you hoping for in the future? So this is a real big dream and a big hope is that we could start a program here for every Cleveland high school person, young adult, who has Irish roots to experience that. The trending of Ancestry.com and people's interest in, you know, where they came from or who they are, this seems to really be trending. And then in the past two years, with travel being very much restricted or or none at all. Non-existent. uh, Non-existent. I'm hoping in the next few years that this part of the Apple twinning and the Mayo and these connections can really come to life and this coming home type experience, this experience that individuals could, you know, go over and we would, of course, you know, you're, if you're flying across the Atlantic, you want to see those big cities, if it's Dublin, if it's Cork, if it's Belfast, but then to really experience the West Coast. And so it's my dream that people experience Mayo and Ireland, and then also maybe those business connections, maybe those education connections, and of course, the tourism connections will only grow and have more breadth and depth uh, into the future. Well, you've been making a lot of progress already, and there's another dimension to what you've been doing. In addition to intensifying connections between Cleveland and Ackle, you've also been looking at broadening them out to include a a more global dimension, and you've gotten involved in a group called Global Cleveland. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So in the past few years, Global Cleveland, with the uh, leadership and command of Joe Simperman, 
who was a colleague and friend of mine. He was active in uh, city council here in Cleveland. And during my tourism days, I, I knew him. But Joe Simperman and his team had a great idea. Cleveland has over 60-some sister cities all over the world. And I, my number might be off. It might be a little bit more. But uh, and we're one of those really strong ones. So Joe gave me a call and said, hey, Colleen, could you be on this committee? We want to try and enrich the whole sister city experience and see what best practices and, and what different groups are doing. And the Mayo Society and the West Coast of Ireland, gosh, every year you've got a contingency that comes, o- comes over. You seem to have a very, you know, rich and steady strong, you know, connection. So got involved with the committee two years ago now and the sister city, they've had one live, one live conference in coordination with Cleveland Public Library and two virtual conferences. And the sister city event is occurring every May, a culmination, an exciting part of it. Recent immigrants to Cleveland become citizens on the last day of the event. So he has, Joe Simperman has made that happen along with a federal judge here in our area. But um, it just really tells the whole American story, tells the whole Ackle Mayo story, what our grandparents did. And then it is interesting to meet other groups, if it's the Eastern European groups, if it's the Asian, you know, groups, sister cities or um, South American to uh, see what they're doing and find good ideas to help enrich our sister city or uh, counterparts and and how to do that. So Global Cleveland has added another touch point or opportunity for our Irish guests to come over. So not only the Mayo Ball in the fall, of course, there's St. Patrick's Day to always come over and join us, but then this event in the, the May time period to have these kind of different touch points in the year to build our relationships. So that has been something that has brought another opportunity for us. Right. And, and maybe even amplifying connections between Ackle and another Cleveland sister city somewhere else, et cetera. Um, and, you know, a ripple in a pond, it's uh, the ripples are ever widening. And But you're part of the group of people that are trying to make those uh, ripples and connections happen. That's I'm totally mixing metaphors there. That's terrible. But anyway, um, yeah. you're <laughs> Mm-hmm. You've been hard at work at this uh, since almost the beginning, Colleen. I know it was Steve Malloy that championed it to begin with, but without your championing it, you know, for almost two decades, I don't think it would have gone quite so far. So the connections that you've made, the wide variety of Cleveland institutions that you pull in every year to meet with these people from the west of Ireland is really impressive. And uh, we just, I know that you'll just keep working and that dream of the coming home trip will become a reality, I have no doubt. And we're just really grateful that you've kept up those connections and found people on the other side that feel as strongly as you do about it to reciprocate and enrich all of our lives and experiences on both sides of the Atlantic. So I just really want to thank you, Colleen, for not only being here today, but for all that you do. Thank you, Margaret, so much for this opportunity. And the Cleveland Apple twinning and County Mayo connections and twinning need to continue. This is enriching both of our areas. And we are very grateful to have this opportunity today to talk to you and your listeners. So thank you. Thank you, Colleen.
Thanks for joining Finding Home, the Irish American Archives Society's podcast series about the history of the Irish in Cleveland. Find more on the IAAS website at irisharchives.org. The Irish American Archives Society is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to research, present, and preserve information about the history of the Irish in Cleveland. Thank you for listening.